The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. And welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk, but no politics. Okay, I am your host Andrew Lenz, coming to you from Texas after the weary weather that we've gotten of snowstorm. So, but here I am, right here, and I am excited because I have probably one of my favorite people that I get to argue with. You've listened to the uh well the we've changed the name twice so far the the sports talk uh, the network sports talk show for the bic bicbp radio uh this guy and i got into it pretty good about goats in nhl hockey and that is mr johnny townsend how you doing johnny i am i'm doing fine and dandy thank you for having me you know I saw all that winter weather that Texas got recently, and you know I don't want to make light of it because it really was obviously pretty awful for a lot of people and all the stuff they yeah. went through. But you know, it's Texas getting that much snow. It's like, what's that? Uh, what's that? Bill Murray quote: "There's cats and dogs living together. It's yeah. mass hysteria." It, it really was. I remember yeah. walking into Walmart, and I'm from New York. So snow and ice is like, hey, whatever. Yeah. And I'm my wife's like, oh, I want to make chili. It's finally cold outside. So all of a sudden I'm in I'm in the store. I'm like, hey, there's no ground beef. She's like, what do you mean there's no ground beef? I'm like, there's no ground beef. Like, if you want chicken, that's good. So if you're in Texas and I learned if there's a sto- snowstorm hitting, you're good on milk, you're good on bread. <laughs> you better get your beef products real quick. And that's so strange, right? Because, you know, uh, you know, in North Carolina, where I'm from, uh, we get our fair share of. I'm, I'm closer to the mountains too, so mm-hmm. we get our fair share of winter weather here. So, and, and it's not that we do better than Texas at anything, but you know, we also know that you, when there's a chance you're going to have a power outage, uh, you don't worry about meats because uh, there's a power outage and they're going to get spoiled or something in the in the fridge, in the <laughs> freezer. So. Well, it was so cold here, you could have thrown the meat outside. <laughs> I did see that. That's, that's the coldest I've ever remember seeing Texas in a long time. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And I, I really, you know, I really, being in North Carolina, being in the South, when there's winter weather, all the people up North will always make fun of you for it because, yeah. you know, I, I, I get it. You know, people in New York, just for example, because that's where a lot of my friends are, uh, you know, like snow, like eight foot of snow is nothing because they get it all the time. Like, and they're used to it, you know, but, you know, we, while we do have stuff in North Carolina, you know, like we will salt the roads and all that stuff. We know how to kind of prepare for stuff before it comes. Uh, you know, if your power goes out, what are you going to do? You know? Yeah. That was the one thing uh, that we didn't have. I gotta say, I'm thankful for that. Our power never yeah. went out. We did have to boil water and that was the only right. thing, the treatment yeah. plant. But other, yeah, so there's a water shortage and a gas shortage too, I think. Yeah, in some in some parts. Yeah. So, but uh, I'm I, I am excited though, Andrew, to okay. talk about our topic today. I'm yeah. very excited for this. 
Well, let's let's uh before we get into the topic, let's listen to our sponsor, uh, AFC. As so, here they are. Reverse thrust. Hailing frequencies open. Scotty, we need more power. I can't hold it much longer, Captain. We're losing the colonel's signal, sir. Well, what was Spock's order? His usual, Captain. The two-piece combo. Okay, give me a two-piece combo. I said. No, wait. Maybe three pieces. Leave them up, Scotty. Most call, Captain. Almost lost a call, slow on that one. Captain's log, start 2453.87. The crisis was averted. Our cravings satisfied. The chicken was excellent. Take us out of here, Mr. Sulu. Walk back to two. Uh, hey, who took my prize? Ooh, KFC does sound good right about now. Finger licking good, Andrew. It is. It is. I, li- I like some K- KFC is up there. Though. I'm not going to lie with one of those foods where I'm like, oh, I could really go for it. And then I and eat KFC it. is not afraid to just try things, right? They'll literally, yes. they will literally just throw stuff into a bowl and say, here. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard many comedians talk about that. Where it's like they just make an ashtray. Pat Oswald has a great routine about KFC. <laughs> But KFC is one of those places where I'm like, ooh, I could go for some KFC, and then I eat it, and I'm like, oh, now I know why I don't eat KFC all the time. Yeah, I don't want to speak ill of it since it's the sponsor. Yes. But, but they've, hey. they've made some recent changes that I'm not fond of. <laughs> and one of those is, sure, they got fries now, but I, for one, love the wedges. Thank you, know? you. Thank you. Yeah. Very upset about that. Love the potato. I understand that's a first world problem, but it's my problem, and I hate them for it. So, and also, and also, I don't know about you, but I'm a sweet and sour sauce guy. I love. I used to love. Okay, like here's a little history of KFC. When okay. I was a kid, till about early twenties, they had the best sweet and sour sauce ever, ever. And then they changed it, and I was like, it's not as good, but it was still good, right? So I was like, okay, I still, I got used to it, and I started liking it. And now, the last time I went, which wasn't too long ago, they don't even do sweet and sour sauce anymore. I could see. I never got the sweet and sour sauce. Do you know what I? We're getting another great chicken place as we and really related to the South is I have an addiction to Chick Fil A Polynesian sauce. Now Chick Fil A has the best sauces of anyone. Okay, uh, all their sauces are good. Uh, even their they got a, a sauce that's literally literally just called Chick Fil A sauce, and I would drizzle anything with that stuff. It's so good. <laughs> You could buy it in the store now. I know. I know. Uh, it's I, the whole thing of Polynesian sauce and Chick-fil-A sauce. So, all right. So I think you uh, understand how great Johnny and I's diets are. So. Yes. <laughs> and or like thereof. Here, here is our topic that we're probably going to get into some friendly, heated arguments about is Star Trek. And it is the original series versus the greatest Star Trek series of all time, in my opinion, the next generation. <laughs> Gee, you can see what side I'm on already. But before we get into our argument, I want to know, 
other than the original and the next generation, which Star Trek series do you feel is the best? So we're taking those two out? Taking those two out. Okay. All right. Because if I had to, honestly, those two would be my top two favorites. But yes. if we're taking those out, um, I really, really like Voyager a lot. I really enjoyed Voyager. And I know it, 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 just something about it. They had some characters I really liked. I like Janeway. I like Tuvok. You know, they had some really great characters on there. And, uh, uh, oh, gosh. What's her name? I'm blank. The, the Borg lady. What was her Seven name? Of Seven of Nine. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. She was awesome. And I had a huge crush on her when I was younger. Uh, you know, she was stunning. She was a beautiful lady. And uh, still is, actually, because she was in a, in that uh, Picard show recently, I believe. Was and. She? I think that's what I saw. Spoiler alert! If she's not, if she is, I haven't seen it because I don't have CBS is a little uh, you know streaming thing. But that is a rumor that I heard, and I saw photos, and she still got it. You know, she still got it. But that's probably my favorite one. There's been some really good ones though. There's one that I'm ashamed, ashamed that I never got into, and that was Deep Space Nine because oh I hear people talking about how great it is, and I just never watched it. It's not that I didn't want to. I just never got around to it. So that's what I'm going to force myself to watch because uh, I really want to watch it. I just haven't gotten around to it. That's my one. That's my one. Right after uh, probably I would have to. I'm not a big fan of the original series, but you still got to respect it. So I'll get that out of the way. Uh, mine is Deep Space Nine all the way. And it starts out because, you know, Star Trek is like a ship. So, you know, it's based in the Enterprise. This is the first yeah. one outside of the Enterprise. And then you're at a space station. And it gets kind of like, okay, well, what can you do about this whole space station thing? But it's about um, the Cardassians that took over a planet, and now they got to give the planet back to the people. And then also it gets into a whole big, big-time war. It's a lot more action than the other ones so i think that's where yeah. it was a little bit more appealing like they built a ship against all federation rules just for fighting in deep space nine in the defiant yeah and i've also heard that there's a lot of really good stories told yes. in, deep, in deep space nine you know i listened to a a podcast that was talking about star trek because that's how cool i am <laughs> and uh they were talking about deep space nine and they sold me on it and i was like man i'm I really, I already knew I'd missed out, but I was like, I, I definitely missed out. I have, I promise you, I plan to go back and watch it. It's one, it's on my list, as they say. It's on my streaming list. I have to knock that one out after I watch everything else. I got such a long list of stuff I need to watch. Like I'm watching the Muppets right now. Sorry, it's, it's just what I'm watching. I watch a lot of Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I watch a lot of Hell's Kitchen right now, but I do. We're going to get into this. Pluto TV has a whole uh, channel, but it's all next generation, I noticed. Yes, I've seen that. Yes. Movies, sprinkles in some movies. So I'm all next generation, but why? You're, you're an original series. Like you, get, you and Matt did a whole episode of Retro Pop on the original Star Trek series. Why do you feel the original is better than next generation? All right, I'm going to throw this out there before I get into it. The one thing that I really hate, and this is in all things, not just Star Trek, it's when you're comparing two things, all right. is that people seem to think that you hate the other thing if you put one above the other. 
All right. That is not my case. Honestly, the original series is my number one favorite. And right behind it, man, it's close. It's Next Generation for me. I do love Next Generation. For crying out loud, it's got LeVar Burton. I am not going to hate anything with LeVar Burton in it. You know, Jordy is one of my favorite Star Trek characters ever. He's up there for me. So, I, you know, no hate on Next Generation. Know that going into this. However, and I think originally it was nostalgia for sure. My mom loves sci-fi, right? She really loves sci-fi. And um, she she's she was not old enough of where she was she was like to, able to watch the original when it was on air the first time but you know it was saved by syndication i mean everybody knows that if you know anything about star trek syndication saved it and that's where she watched it and so when i was young if it came on we're watching star trek that one and i just you know i just really was like man it's just something about this that i loved and then i really got into it and i was like it's just these these characters you know that's the three main characters you know you got spock who was my first favorite and then i was like man now but now as i get older man i really love mccoy <laughs> i became a bones guy all of a sudden out of nowhere i just love bones and, and and of course you have kirk there and they all kind of the to me that's the first what do you call that like a bromance with three men i guess it is like that's the whole uh thing for that whole show that's what holds that show together that's the glue to that show is the uh you know the friendships between these people and then you have some awesome people mixed in with it too obviously uh, you know like you know just throw in all your other characters that are iconic now but it's it's just that the stories that they started to tell i kind of grew up with this show oddly enough even though it was <laughs> it debuted well before i was born but it was always on and i would always watch it and i was always intrigued and I was telling you before you hit record uh, on this when we were just kind of chatting that I recently went back and watched both the Star Trek series. Like in, within the past year, I've done this, uh, you know, because uh, we have so much to do during a pandemic, you know. Yeah. And so I've rewatched both of these. Love them both. Love them both. But when you get older and you rewatch stuff, you can pick more things out of it mm -hmm. and you can really get more from it. And there's just for its time. When that show came out, it was it was a ground. It changed the ground. It changed everything. Like they took some chances on these stories that at the time were controversial. Honestly, they had a lot of controversial stuff on there, and they really challenged some views that now we look back now in twenty twenty one as of this recording. Like man, that's very like an archaic view of 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 things. But you know, Roddenberry, the guy who created Star Trek was all about people, uh, you know, getting together and and the relationships you can have and the peace and, 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 you know, and the no more violence type of thing. And that's really what Star Trek was kind of based on originally. And as part of my growing up, I grew up in a Mennonite church, Andrew, and a Mennonite church is all about, one of their main things is peace, right? Like uh, showing God's love. I'm not going to get preaching. I'm just telling you it's what it was. Yeah. It's showing God's, it's showing love to other people, to your fellow man. And that's what Star Trek kind of was to me. They really went, they really tried to live that. I mean, that's what a lot of the episodes are about that. Trying to, you know, do whatever they can to not fight. But of course there's a lot of fights in it because it's TV and it's Star Trek, but <laughs> Uh, but you know, so I just always loved it. 
And it's it's those three main characters that have just always they're always iconic to me. I legit, legit cried when Leonard Nimoy died. Legit cried. I legit cried when Bones, the guy who played Bones, passed away. Legit. You know, when the divorced Kelly was gone, I cried. And I'll do the same whenever, you know, I don't even want to say it. Whenever more people pass away, it's just so sad because these characters just mean so much to me. And honestly, but in fairness, <laughs> just to help you out on your argument, the same thing would happen to me with the next generation people because I love them just as much. But it's just that these characters to me are timeless. They really laid the groundwork for Star Trek. I mean, it's kind of obviously the first one, but, you know, a lot of these themes and these and these ideals just really, really appealed to me. And it really hit me at the perfect time growing up, so it's always stuck with me. And man, I will always, always, always love it. I I don't judge you. This is a guy that still cries when Optimus Prime dies, and when same, I think about same. it, we're the same guy when it comes to that. <laughs> yeah, when it when it when it comes along, it like ruins my day. The other day, I was watching uh, the toys that made us, and and I was like, oh, I'm gonna watch the Transformers one, and then of course they show it, and then I'm sitting there, you know, the tears are coming, going, why am I watching this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. I have no judgments over that one. Uh, Next Generation, to me, I feel is the same way for you. Uh, my my parents weren't big sci-fi people. If I had to choose, my dad was. I think my dad maybe put on Star Trek once or twice, but it was like if the, nothing else was on. I was... Uh, when my parents got divorced, my mom had a boyfriend, and he watched Star Trek The Next Generation. And my aunt my aunt's boyfriend watched Star Trek The Next Generation. So it was something I kind of gravitated, gravitated, gravitated a little bit more to than the original because one man, there's great characters, but William Riker to me was one of the coolest guys I've ever seen in my life. I'll say also in Star Trek, just in all the characters in Star Trek, which have had some amazing ones, he, to me, he's very underrated. Yes, he is the smoothest, most confident. Uh, he sounds like I want to date him, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> swipe right. Yeah, yeah. smoothest, <laughs> confident. Like it was like what I wanted to be was William yeah. Riker, and everybody wants to be the captain. I was like, no, I want to be William Riker. William Riker was awesome. Uh, we're gonna go with three characters that like stand out. Another one was. War. Klingons yes. were so cool. This warlike, probably the reason why I joined the Marines, but uh, very warlike people, very strong, you know, dominant type thing. And that always was cool. And he wore that like uh, ceremonial, like sash all the time. So it kind of gave me a Chewbacca vibe too in there. Yeah. And uh, he also what, really had a lot of the same struggles that spock did yeah you know spock was was part human and part vulcan and and Worf was raised by humans mm -hmm. right his yeah. mom and dad were the ones who took care of him and raised him who he considered his real his, his parents were human and so they that's kind of like i remember that's the one thing i really they really stood out to me when i was re-watching it 
was the Worf character. I always thought he was okay, but when you get older, he really stands out in a very positive way. And the you can just see the inner struggle he he was having, especially when you introduce his son into the thing, into the whole equation. Alexander. Just his whole inner struggle he was having. So I'll back you up on that. He's a very interesting character. And tied, I would have to say, is Data and Wesley Crusher. Even though a lot of people, I just found this out that most people don't like Wesley Crusher. Like watching the Big Bang Theory. Yeah. I'm thinking to myself. I don't get it either. How do you not like Wesley Crusher? What kid wouldn't want to just be like, hey, you can can fly the Enterprise now. You know, you can do. But doesn't that happen in a lot of shows, though, where they try to have a younger person in there? Most people hate that younger person. Yeah, or kid or whatever. Like I don't, I, but I'm with you. I never thought anything, he was annoying or anything either. I'm very interested because I think a lot of people would say Picard, you know, Data. I think would be in a lot of people's top threes yeah. for sure. Um, but one of my favorite things in the whole series is the friendship between Data, Data and and Jordy. Yeah, like their friendship that they have. That's one of my favorite things in that Star Trek. I like. To, I don't know about the original series. Like I've seen a couple of episodes. I also like the fact that the next generation is you get to see the people get promoted. Yes. Yeah. And you get to see them kind of move up. You get to see Worf move up when the old security officer dies um, from the black goop. You get to watch Jordy get promoted to chief of engineering, which is huge. Uh, by the way, that's also ballsy. Cause a lot of shows, you know, when I'm, I'm blanking on her, on her name, what was her name? The one who died. She was a main character up until there. Yeah, and then she got pissed off because she didn't have enough screen time. Um, yeah, but anyway, like to to actually legit kill off a main character who doesn't show up for a long time after that, that that's pretty ballsy. A lot of shows don't even do that now. I gotta say too, the first episode. I know you. I know I'm not supposed to count the pilot, but the first Star Trek the original series pilot. We talked about this. is um, really terrible compared to the first Star Trek The Next Generation episode. Like, yes, I, if we're going to compare pilots, Next Generation wins. I mean, it's, I'm going to agree with you there. I'm going to, I will let you have the first blow on that one. Uh, for 100%, I agree with you there. But I will say the original series did something pretty interesting with that pilot, is that if you watch the, the show – they come back in an episode and kind of revisit it in a very original and kind of neat way. Okay. Uh, yeah, like they bring back Captain Pike, but he's he's been injured. Uh, like he's in a, you know, he can barely communicate this type of thing. And they just, and they just go back showing uh, what happened to him. And it kind of incorporated this thing that there was this happened in this first episode, basically where these aliens kidnap him and they put him in and make him like a pretty much like a zoo animal, I guess is the best way to put it. And they just kind of observe him and they give him women and all kinds of stuff to observe with them, that type of thing. Oh, so they kind of go back and revisit it, but in a very intelligent way. And that's one thing I really made me appreciate that pilot a lot more. But just in comparison between the two, I don't even think it's close. It's next generation's a much better pilot. You get a sense of what that show's going to be from it. Uh, more so, by far more so than the pilot from the original. And Q. Q is like the standout. I, I think the, the the villains really stand out. Q and the Borg, I think, are the two biggest uh, mic, if, 
mic droppers. Like if you're like, hey, sci-fi villains, I'm going with Q in the board. I mean, Darth Vader's cool and all, but you, you got to look at how cool these people are. Yeah, I would argue that Q, even though I guess he's a villain, he's kind of a gray area to me. Like, as the series goes on, he becomes more of a gray area type character. Um, and anti hero, then? Would you fall? Would you say in the maybe? Okay. Maybe he's still very selfish, though. I mean, he stays, that part always stays. He's very selfish. And he's obviously very intrigued by uh, Picard and them. But uh, the, the Borg, to me, when I was growing up, that was one of the most scary villains there were the Borg were freaking scary so there's that one episode where that one Borg gets separated mm -hmm. and actually becomes friends with Jordy man that one really sticks out that's how good the storytelling is in that one I feel like I might as well just join your side because I'm just <laughs> pulling for your <laughs> show but uh but man the stories in both of them are so well done I'm trying to think there are some iconic villains in the original series I mean Khan for crying out loud yeah you know you have to have him he was so good and the second movie is stellar uh so you got to talk about god it's um actually kind of the reason why i kind of started to want to watch a little bit more of the original episode is deep space nine does a like a travel back in time and they yeah. they're they do it so great but the trouble with the tribbles yes <laughs> they revisit that episode in deep space nine and then they put the deep space nine characters in that episode that's interesting yeah so that was like a really cool nod to it because they use the original footage from trouble and the tribbles and then they put in you know everybody from deep space nine i think that's one thing that i really liked about the original is that like one in one episode you could have some comedy but then also some action and some drama and it all fit like none of it fell out of place you know, especially after that, if you throw that pilot out, uh, I think yeah, just throw that pilot. It doesn't count. Oh, once you get the actual cast that everybody knows and loves in there, you know. But you know that pilot really took some chances too. Like the second in command was a woman, and yeah. at that time, that was a huge deal. I mean, that's that was major. The networks didn't want them to do that originally when they were casting it. They're like, no, don't do that. <laughs> you know, a woman can't lead anything, and that's one thing Star Trek does man they'll throw all that out they don't care uh, you know we'll get lady cat i mean janeway to me is an awesome captain mm -hmm. uh, and where would we be without her she was so cool but you know it's just groundbreaking i think is what that original series is to me it just breaks so much ground really lays so much uh, of the of the of the work that the other uh, shows smartly follow you know especially you know uh, next generation and one thing i love about next generation is they weren't afraid to talk about that original series like it was brought up a lot it was definitely built upon it i mean uh, spock yeah. shows up on some of the episodes you get scotty showing up uh, on, on an episode Connor. yeah yeah uh, and then in one of the movies i mean that's how kirk dies in one of those movies yeah so it, they definitely to me they're almost tied together and i love that about them that they did not overlooked that original series in the new one they were like yeah we th this is definitely still here it's but yet they still were building their own thing of course but they they were very very respectful of those of that original series and those characters in that series for sure
I watched the one because I was watching the original series. I figured if I'm going to do this, I should watch a couple episodes. And then I just I don't know why, but it was like episode 24 of season one. And I was like, OK, I'll just start from here and see where we can go <laughs> with this. And it was like the coolest story of the original series. If I got to give the original series, they go to a planet. They're not supposed to go there. This planet's at war with another planet. But it's all done with computers. And they're like, oh, a bomb hit. And they're like, do you have any readings? The tricorders. Great, greatest device ever. Uh, and they're like, no, nothing, nothing outside. And they're all getting, it's like computers. And they're like, okay, like Battleship. It reminded me of Battleship. Yes. Be like us going right now going, hey, Johnny, uh, I just uh, bombed this area of North Carolina. Tell 500 people and here are their names there to report to the disintegration unit to die. Yes. Yes. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. We will not destroy buildings, but we will destroy human lives. And I was like, Oh my goodness. That is like, and everybody there was on board for it. (laughs) And I couldn't believe it. Like, but the the way that they told the story was like, how do you come up with that? It was so amazing. And that's how even the next generation, the one that stood out, stands out to me in the next generation is uh from being in the marines is one of the episodes where they enhance these warriors to these people to become more warriors and they're like uh more a little bit more intelligent and can fight better and everything else and then they don't know what to do with them so they just throw them on a planet and that one really hit me that one really hit me because i'm like oh my goodness when i got out of the service I didn't know what to really do with myself. Like I went to work, but even then everything is, is different. And that one really got to me, but that was probably, that's my favorite one. And the the storytelling both are the same, but when you get down to the captains, we get down to the captains, cards fly my ship. Yeah. See, this is a tough one for me because I think both are really, really good. It depends on what you want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Picard really grows as a character yeah. on that series. He very much does. I mean, he, he starts out like just hating, like he doesn't even want, you know, Wesley on the yeah. ship in the first place. I mean, that's how it goes. And it starts. And then, and then, I think you know, he gets to where like he's, he, yeah. And he becomes his mentor pretty much. But, so, uh, he, he grows as a character, not just in that way, but that's just the one that popped in my head. But his character definitely grows way more than I would say Kirk does because his his character kind of stays the same. He's always puts the ship and the crew first was always his big thing. And I mean that was Picard's too. Don't get me wrong, but uh, that was that was tough for me, man. I it's gonna be so hard for me to pick between <laughs> when it comes to these. I think this is a great conversation. That which captain would you rather have? I think a lot of people are on your side on this one, though. A lot of people are Team Picard, and I get it, man. He's I'm gonna do. He's level-headed. Uh, he doesn't just make decisions out of emotion. He really thinks them through. So I understand it a hundred percent. I would say Kirk is actually a little bit more emotional than Picard is. He's, as what did they say in Young Sheldon? He's fast and loose. <laughs> yes. The yes. Rules. Picard yes. is a lot more articulate. I would believe. Right. Kurt. I don't see Kurt sitting down to read a book, but Picard read books. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. And Picard was like a, you know, an archaeologist and all this stuff too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kirk was way more just a captain of the ship. That was his destiny. You could tell that's what he was meant to do. 
was to lead a ship. Uh, so it, it's it's tough for me. I would probably give the nod to Picard, but it's really close to me on that one. Now, when we get into like the you know the secondary and third characters, though, it's not yeah, even close. And I hate to tell you that <laughs> you would go Spock. I know for your, for your Spock one hundred percent. Spock is better than any character on uh, on Next Generation. I'm sorry to tell you that, or any of the by far Spock in all of characters in yeah. pop culture for me okay. is a top three character. So okay. uh, he's tough to beat. And then Bones is so amazing. Man, I you cannot, in, in my list, you cannot put either any character from any other Star Trek above those two. I actually, this is going to sound crazy for the next generation, I, but I cannot argue with Spock. Spock is like, Spock is like Hulk Hogan and Michael Jordan of sci-fi yes. characters, okay? Yeah. Like, you can walk go. off Same the people. <laughs> if yeah. you say Star Trek, somebody's going to say Spock. Like, yes. even if yes. they've never watched it. So I cannot, I could come up with maybe some, like, random argument, but overall, I can't come up with, like, a good, like, argument as <laughs> as I would love to argue with you, but. But I think one thing we can both agree on, though, is that both these shows, when it came to the leads, like the main three or four characters, did a fantastic job finding that cast for both of them. Yeah. Uh, I actually, on that extra generation, I kind of prefer Dr. Pulaski over Dr. Crocker. And I don't know. If oh, wow. That. that feels controversial to me. <laughs> yes. I, I liked, I think Dr. Pulaski was a little bit more, was a little bit more ballsy than. Uh, she was. Yeah, than Crusher was like, got kind of got a little bit of a Bones vibe from her, where she wasn't gonna just be pushed around. I know Crusher, yeah, you know, Beverly Crusher was kind of bald, but not like Pulaski. Pulaski was a different. I kind of wish they would have been able to work her in there a little bit. She was a little bit harder on Picard and could push Picard around. I think a little bit more than Crusher. Well, she also didn't. I mean, she also didn't have the feelings there either. You know, that's true. There's no emotional attachment to Picard. You know, Picard and and Crusher had a history even before that ship, yep. you know, because her husband died and Picard was there for all that. So it's they have a history there, so it's understandable. I just want to prove to you that I've definitely seen Next Generation. <laughs> I, 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 without a shadow of a doubt, I believe you see Next Generation. Uh, but that's where I think where the guilt from Picard and towards Wesley Crusher, like, why he's so, like, hard. Maybe that's yeah, a it is. It's definitely a reminder of his father because he feels responsible for the death of his father, so. But that was... Yeah, and that's, one th and, that's, and that's one other thing that I would give Next Gener Generation above the original series is that um, storylines pay would, would uh, pay off later on in a series, right? Like, uh, you know, in uh, in the original series, it was way more of each episode's its own kind of adventure kind of a way thing for the most part. And that's just how all television kind of was then. But when you get to the nineties or, you know, in the nineties, when the, when next generation really found its footing, uh, it was not afraid to have callbacks to previous episodes to show some growth in these characters, you know, and like the, and you can just look at the Wesley, and Picard relationship for that, just how they kept growing and building upon what they'd already laid 
on episodes before. Did they? There was one question I want to ask you. Did they talk a lot about the Prime Directive in the original series? Because that seemed to be like hammered. Whole yes. Next generation. It is brought up multiple times, but Next Generation definitely hammers it more to me. Is what it seems like. It's definitely a part of the original because I think that's kind of a aspect of Star Trek is you're not supposed to mess with anything when you're there observing or whatever. And uh, they definitely brought that up many times in the original, but it's nothing compared to Next Generation. Like that was the Prime Directive. I mean, if you played a drinking game where you had to drink every time they said Prime Directive, you wouldn't make it through an episode of no. Next Generation. That was like every other. And did, Sh- did Shatner? I'm not going to refer to him as Shatner. Did um, did Kirk have a ready room, or was that something new for Next Generation? Because the ready room was cool. Like that was like the principal's office. If you got called into the ready room. You know he had I'm his talking? own room like everybody else did. Okay. Yeah. Like, I, I remember Picard having the ready room. And it was like, can I see you in the ready room? And it was like one of those things where I felt like as a No, they they did like, have a room where like Ooh. they did have a room where like the main officers would meet and discuss things like that. That's probably the closest to that. But you know, Picard's own quote unquote office was like just right off the bridge of the ship. Uh that to me was the principal's office. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's like you don't get called there. No, and the other thing I loved about Next Generation, probably over the original series that I didn't notice and nobody talks about, is the holodeck. Was there? I don't think there was a holodeck. No, that was new for Next Generation. Yeah, holodeck is amazing, especially the Sherlock Holmes episode where they. Yeah, that one's very good. Yeah, that one's very good, Uh, and that. Is another episode that they pay off later with another episode. Yeah. <laughs> is that one. Uh, yeah, that's that's a very good one. Holodeck is very cool. But the original Star Trek, man, they brought so much cool sci-fi technology that, you know, here's a so here's a little spoiler alert. Uh, the stuff that we kind of use in t- t- today's life now is yeah. a lot from the original series. Uh, but, uh, you know, like the, the beaming down thing. You know, the reason that they actually beamed down and thought of that? because it was too expensive to shoot the ship landing every time yeah like yeah we just can't afford to do that because they had such a limited budget and i think both shows suffered from that like where the the uh they wanted to keep taking money out of the budget and these are sci-fi shows (laughs) you need some money to make these things look cool um did the original enterprise do saucer separation like i've only like I, I don't think so. I think was, that was a next generation thing. Yeah. That was absolutely, they've only did, they probably only did it a half, handful of times, but that was mind blowing that they were like, hey, we're going down to this end of the ship. Everybody up here, prepare for saucer separation. And didn't they actually crash it one time on one of the movies? Yes. Uh, I feel like, I, I remember that. that like, I want to say. I definitely remember that because that was a big deal to me. <laughs> yeah. Crashing I, the Enterprise. I remember the, that one because I think one of them, Jordy, or was it an episode? That was a very good episode too where it was a big power struggle where Jordy had to take control of the bridge even though he did not have the rank. But just because yeah. he wore a red shirt, he was like, hey, <laughs> he's number one in there. And then the guy was trying to pull rank on him and he was like, no, I got this. Yeah, yeah. And everything else. So that was, that was, but Jordy, would you take Jordy or Scotty? Oh, man, why are you doing this to me, Andrew? I'm going to do it to you. 
I'm gonna do oh, it. Oh man, all right. So I love Scotty. Love Scotty, but I'm taking Jordy over him. I am I I'm such a big LeVar Burton fan to start with, so it's almost not fair. I mean, this dude was reading me books when I was a kindergartner and reading Rainbow. Uh, so he can do no wrong in my eyes. <laughs> and Jordy just came such a cool character to me. He's by far my favorite Star Trek next generation character. So I gotta put him above Scotty. Would you are you you like uh I don't know if you've ever seen Community. I have, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Are you like Troy? Where if I was like, hey, if I ever met him, I would be, I, I would be like Troy if I ever met him. I wouldn't, okay. I wouldn't be able to talk. <laughs> I just okay. sit, you know, when he left, just singing and reading Rainbow Song, crying to myself. <laughs> I told Andrew I didn't want to meet him in person. <laughs> oh, I definitely would. I'd be star starstruck for sure. Oh my, God. yeah. I remember this is how much I was into Star Trek the Next Generation too. Uh I used to go to a summer day camp. And they let us turn one section of this barn into a makeshift bridge of the Enterprise. And oh, that's people cool. were people were dropping out of it. And so they were like, Okay, here's your position. So I got like promoted. And then I was I was like O'Brien. I just ran the transporter. And I was like, I yeah. don't want to run the transporter. Then I got up to the point where somebody was like, I don't want to do this anymore. So it was like, I got to do the wharf security crew. And I was like, yes, that's where I'm at. <laughs> so that's how much I was, I was shooting for. Uh, they, they had my brother. My brother hates Star Trek. And he got to be the number one. And I'm like, why does he get to be number one? He doesn't even watch the damn show. <laughs> so there's a lot of anger and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> towards that uh who was chief of security on the original i always thought it was chuck off i think it changes um it, it's it's way more discussed on next generation for sure i noticed like i'm looking at it and it's very it's way different because like scotty ran the the transporter right yeah Jordy wasn't touching the transporter. Jordy yeah. Was like O'Brien, go for it. Yeah. You can you can rock this one all day long. So I that's a different thing. Wow. And the I did that's I mean I, I knew it, but now that I'm thinking about it, that was a ballsy move back in the sixties to have a Russian born character in Chekhov. Yeah. I'll give him that one. I'll give you that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was he has an interesting? There's a lot of really good interviews with him talking about the mail he would get. <laughs> it's very fascinating. I'm pretty sure he said he said when he first started, like it was way uglier. But like when people started realizing he was on Star Trek and liking his character, said you wouldn't believe the change. <laughs> it's so funny. So yeah, yeah. Um, could... And that's another thing they would do on the original ones. They would take chances like that. You know, uh, it's they had a a fairly vast. Uh, cast uh, from different races and backgrounds, you know, on there at a time where that wasn't necessarily a thing people wanted. I mean, you know, quote unquote, it was, it was way more racist back. I mean, still racist now. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but it's but, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. They were way more, um, you know, open to who they were casting mm-hmm. on there, and I think it really kind of helps send the message of Star Trek too of everybody being inclusive. The other great thing about Next Generation is I don't think you can talk about Next Generation, even though she came later on, is uh, Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg's. Yes. 
Yes. You can, you, it gave me that was awesome because it gave me a cheers yet Star Trek vibe every time I watched the show. And she's a great character on there too. She mm-hmm. really is. Yeah, I, I always loved her too. So <laughs> I'm on board for this as well. I'm a, <laughs> I always liked Whoopi, uh, even when she was a nun, you know, and acting like a sister. Uh, Team Whoopi over here. But uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. You know, both shows really had some very good guest stars. Yeah, you know? so I'm, I'm I'm looking at the ones from Next Generation, like Ashley Judd. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's pretty big now. And then here she is playing like some engineer officer at one point. Yeah, and she's just a young and pretty much. Yeah. As a matter of fact, when I rewatched it, I never realized that I'm looking at it. I'm like, is that? Is that Ashley Judd? Yeah. yeah, she's like a teenager there. Yeah, great, great uh, technology we have now where I can actually look that up. Yeah, what a, I will say too, to me, and I'm going to assume you're going to disagree here, okay. but where where the original series far surpasses the next generation is in the movies. Uh, I would put two, you know, search for I would put two where. Of course, Spock dies. That's a no, that's an yeah. Optimus Prime moment for me too. When Spock dies, I cry every time, and I've seen it a million times. Every time I cry, uh, you know, uh, I'd put that mo- I'd put that movie up there uh, when they're uh, is it four or five? It's the one with the whales. That one's amazing too. Uh, those even, two mo- just say even numbers. <laughs> yeah, the even number ones I would put up against any of the other Star Trek movies, and that's even though I like. Both of them, like about, I like all those movies, except for, the only movie I don't like is that very first one because oh it's just God. so dang boring. Oh. But it's, uh, but after that, the show really takes the movies really take off for both series, honestly. But I just think the two and four just are so amazing that they far surpass anything that Next Generation did, even though Next Generation was ballsy and killed Kirk off. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, that was uh, that are uh, that very first original movie. It started out pretty, started out pretty decent, because like they had that transporter malfunction. Yeah, <laughs> I just watched it recently, and then I just fell asleep, and I was like, "I'll never watch this." Try and watch it. <laughs> it's a good sleep movie if you guys need a nap or you know you just want to zone out on something. Go for it. <laughs> uh, I would do gotta say that, but the movies. It, the next generation movie started out had a better starting out point than the yes. original Star Trek movies. Yes, the, the first the first next generation movie is way better than the first original series movie by yes. far. I would agree there. Yes. But see, see that's where you got me again, because I gotta go with it because you, you got you got the pop culture push on your side. With the minute you said Rathacon. Yes. Yes. Because everybody knows, you know, Con. I mean, that was something yeah. I watched as a kid. Like when we got like free HBO, it seemed like it played constantly on HBO. And I remember the opening scene as he's putting the little mites or worms into the. In the ears. Yeah. yeah. That was disgusting. Yes. But Star Trek Generations was, was awesome. But I think you got me. I think you got me in the movies just because he got the popcorn. There's more of there's certain you. I'll give the original series has more of a 
pop culture. Uh, I think it has more iconic moments. Yes. Yes. In those. In yeah. Generation. I mean, they, they get, yeah, I mean, to the point where they get lampooned and from other pop culture, right? Like Family Guy does jokes on those movies, you know, just yes. as an example type thing. Okay. Um, but you, you were leading me somewhere though with the, the bugs in the ear. One thing that I really noticed on Next Generation as I was rewatching it, and I don't know why I had forgotten about this, that episode. was like how gory it could get. Oh, <laughs> spoiler alert, the guy's head just like blows up. As they yes, go. when those little creatures kind of run into his body, that yes. was gross. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, it was another weird episode where, where everybody started de-evolving. Do you remember that yes. one? Yeah. Yeah, it was like so. Like Worf started de-evolving, and Deanna started de-evolving. Was Betazoids even mentioned on the original one, or was that like a new type? I don't remember it. So I'm going to say it was new. I remember watching it as a kid, and I was thinking the Bayes, like Deanna Troy, was the same as Spock. And then I come to find out she's a Betazoid, he's a Vulcan. Yeah, two different. They're kind of opposite in a way. Because Vulcans are trying to suppress their emotions, and she's actually trying to read people on their emotions. So, kind of different in a way. Um, But yeah, really great episode. Where I think it was Spock's. Was it Spock's father? But one of the Vulcan ambassadors was losing. Uh, Yeah, this is that the emotions. Yes, yes. That's a really that might be one of my favorite ones because it actually sets up. That actually sets up Spock showing up on that show, too. Uh, so that's probably one of my favorite ones on there. He shows up in Deep Space Nine also. That's yeah. Like, see, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you on Deep Space Nine. You're going to watch Deep Space you don't, Nine. You don't need to sell me on it. I already want to see it. So. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to still continue on, on to sell it because you, you, get, you get a new enemy every time, I notice, in these. Because the Klingons are like the big enemy in – because there's always like a main, main threat. And the Klingons were the, in the original one. It, from what I gathered from Next Generation, yeah, the Klingons and the Romulans were like the big ones in the original. Mm-hmm. And but as you watch each series, like the the series after that, uh, they kind of evolved that where they're part of the Federation now, right? Like, because Worf was part of Next Generation, but they had the um, who were the the Fergie? Am I saying that right? Um, who were they? What were they called? Ferengi. Ferengi. Thank you. Yes. Yes. The Ferengi, the Fergie, <laughs> like, the, the Fergies. Yeah, uh, they had the Ferengi, and then like by wasn't Deep Space Nine. One of the main characters was a Ferengi, I think. Yes, he like, ran. He ran the bar. Yeah, so like I really love that about that about this about Star Trek as, as in general, is that it really shows that you know you may be mortal enemies at one point, but you know you got to keep working at it and see see if there's peace in it, and they find peace. My wife, like I said, we watched uh, the Big Bang Theory originally, and they brought up the whole Romulan. Uh, it's escaping me. My head is so clouded. Uh, the Romulan, the the neutral zone. Yeah. And they brought that up in Big Bang Theory, and I looked at <laughs> the look on her face, and she's like, "Huh." I'm like, see, the Romulans and the Federation don't really get along, so they did a treaty, but then there's the neutral zone where you cannot cross into or they can, yeah. or they could attack you, kind of like the DMZ between North and South Korea. And she looked at me, and all she said was, you really need to get a life. 
So <laughs> I got. <laughs> well, what's it say about her? She married you. So. That's what I tell her every single time. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. But I mean, that's. Oh, go ahead. That's one thing about Star Trek in general, though. Too is this such a part of? And we talked about this on Retro Pop, a pop culture that other shows reference it. You know, it's. I mean, it's just how big it is. And it's and it's and I think it really helped shape you know future sci-fi. I I really think it really heavily helped with uh, Star Trek. I mean Star Trek, Star Wars. Even I mean they're two very different things, but I think yeah. it was a, an influence there as well. You know, so it's and then Star Trek, of course, itself was influenced by other things. It's man, it's just that original series to me is just so vital and here's one thing i'm going to ask you okay. and i know you're not really into the original but uh, there's other media that you can kind of get kind of get this uh opinion from um but they recently when was it recently but the ones that are on netflix now are the hd cleaned up where they went back and redid the special effects of the original series and it obviously looks better but yeah. man part of me just really misses those <laughs> terrible practical effects you know <laughs> So I wonder how you feel about that. Because, you know, they did that on Star Wars all the time and other movies and stuff. I like the campiness. So I would rather... I do, too. Watch, I, you know, uh, uh, Chris, Chris and I did the 1960s Batman. So that just goes to tell yeah. you how much I love campiness. Where I kind of like over the top when it's not supposed to be over the top in a way. So when I did rewatch a couple of the episodes of the original series, I did enjoy... I did enjoy that campiness and like the the gun the the phasers and everything else that they would use and how they looked very very odd and different. I yes. do have to say the original series phasers I would rather are a little bit cooler than next generations because it, it looked more like a weapon. Yeah, even though it's not supposed to be that way, but the tricorder on the next generation. Is way better than the code yes. on, yeah, on the original. Series. Yeah, well, you also got to realize it's '90s technology versus '60s yeah. technology. So, yeah, uh, it's. I, yeah. You, but I know what you're. I know what you're saying. I know you you brought up like a the Star Wars, the Star Trek. I think that's like a huge, a huge thing. But I said to the you no know, the other. Uh, I said yesterday on Facebook. I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people. I don't know if anybody's going to take this wrong. I think a lot of people get intimidated by Star Trek than star wars i i get what you're saying because you know star wars feels like a something that everybody can get into yeah it's way more about the the adventure you know it's way more about that type of deal when star trek has this reputation of being way more being like the thinking man star wars i guess yes. in a way like you got to be smart to enjoy it and I hate to tell you, I'm as dumb as rocks, and I love Star Trek. So, <laughs> yeah, when they start talking about dilithium crystals and matter and uh, antimatter yeah. mixing into there, I just know if the dilithium crystal cracks, there's some problems. Right? Yeah, that's all you <laughs> need to know. I don't know yeah. the science. I think it's a chest and checkers type situation. But I, but I will say, and you're, that's a good point you're making there. Is literally Star Trek, and this is all of Star Trek. This is not just the original. Mm -hmm. Legit influenced people to become scientists. Yeah. Legit did that. Uh, and that's pretty incredible. A lot of our technology uh, that we have today, you know, legit Star Trek had a hand in kind of uh, shaping it. 
and either either from influencing the actual technology or the person who watched Star Trek was like, I'm going to, you know, go and be a scientist and help work on this type of things. And it's pretty incredible. I love doing that. Anytime somebody talks about uh, aliens, I always know. <laughs> My first post is, we haven't invented the warp drive yet. Once we invent the warp drive, the Vulcans will see us, and then they will know that we have matured as people to come down yes. and help us mature further. Yes. <laughs> and a lot of people don't understand that, but then there are some people that do. So, yeah, yeah. Well, always, always said that if, and maybe they do. I don't know. Aliens are visiting us now. They know that we're not ready for anything. No. <laughs> they got to look at us and what we watch on MTV, and they're like, "Yeah, we're not ready." We're not I did ready. a. I did a movie review of the last Starfighter, and yeah, I, don't know I, I haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah, but they make such a good point in this. This is a movie from like the early to mid '80s, and they talk right. about how Earth couldn't join their Federation because it hasn't matured yet. So here we are talking. Geez, what is that? I, I almost said twenty years ago, but I know it's been long. It's a longer way than twenty years ago. Uh, almost 30, 40 yeah yeah 30 40 years ago and they're still talking about this in the sci-fi world so yes <laughs> yeah uh, as a society we really let down a lot of things that star trek holds dear ideally wise uh i felt the same way when i was watching mr rogers neighborhoods uh, uh documentary which is very good uh, but it'll make you cry too so no. uh, it, yeah it's yeah i think one thing we can both agree on though is that whether you whether you like the original or the next generation better, uh, Star Trek in itself is just freaking awesome. <laughs> it is. It really is. And I think of a lot more people took the time and pushed out the science fiction aspect of it. Because, you know, science fiction, other than Star Wars, it's uh, a bad rap in a way, you know. Yeah, I think some people are, when you say sci-fi, people are either going to say, oh, I love it, or they'll automatically just hate it no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's one of those things where if you can get that out of the way and concentrate on the story, it's absolutely amazing what they can come up with. It's better It's better writing than most soap operas, I think, sometimes. It, yeah. And it's better than a lot of TV shows because it just show, goes to show you that it's there's always something new and like you said there's a comedy aspect and there's always some crazy problems uh another one was I, was next see i remember somebody from next generation is there's one it's it's in season two they rescue these people from a planet and the planet's dying they go to another they gotta go get to go to the other colony and that colony is just cloning people because the original colonists were all dying off. So they were yeah. like, hey, we'll just take you and you can do this so you guys can breed together so there's no more cloning. And I found yeah. it funny. Yeah, the the next generation also has the advantage of just having way more seasons. Yes. Uh, the original only had three. Uh, and But the next generation, well, I think both of them, if you have just some standout stellar episodes when it comes to just writing and the actual story involved with those, uh, you know, like the one that was standing out to me for the next generation is there's just one episode. I can't remember the name of it, but basically uh, the enterprise meets up with this alien, these this aliens 
and they're trying to decide if they want to be part of the federation or not. So the two leaders, Picard and the leader of that one, beam down to an island, island to a planet, and but we can't communicate well, right? Because we don't understand their language. Yes, you know which one I'm talking about. Yes, and it is so freaking good and so well told, despite the fact that for three fourths of that episode you don't really even understand what the other person's saying because they don't give you any anything you're figuring out as picard's figuring it out and that episode is stellar i would i hold that episode up in fairly high regard see that's where that's where i feel like talking about picard and the difference between part of kirk kirk would have flawed it (laughs) oh yeah yeah. like i'm gonna figure out what it's kurt would have been like what no I feel like Kirk, Kirk, been, yeah, Kirk would need Spock there to help them think that part through for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think that's the, what that's that's the balance. That's the yin and the yang. I think that's why. And then uh, you know, then the original, and then the original will turn around and have an episode where, you know, it's already established that these three are really close, but you know, uh, Spock has to return to his home planet because. You know, there comes a time in the male species there that they have to, you know, meet their future wife or whatever, you know, or they'll die. They'll literally die. And he ends up having to fight Kirk and he thinks he kills Kirk. And it's just, and it's one of the only times you'll ever see Spock show true emotion is, and that's what makes it stand out so much is when he realizes that Kirk's alive and he has true joy shows up in his face. And that's that's storytelling, man. That's that's how you do it. So both episodes have stellar examples to me of how you tell a story in anything. Yeah, it's see, I still next generation though. I gotta maybe a better crew, <laughs> way better crew. Have way, to disagree. Way better crew. Way better Have to disagree unless. Jordy, yes, but after that, it's see with yours. Maybe data. It, it's yours is Spock. Yours is Spock, and then after Spock that, and McCoy. Scott is quite good. I'm you going know, for is awesome. I'm going for uh, Sulu's pretty great. You know, uh, there's a we had a lot of good ones. Uh, I think the one thing that really helps Next Generation is not only they have more seasons, but they actually like they'll they'll give like a who's I can't think of his name. But he's in a bunch of different episodes. When you first meet him, I think he's one of the engineers. Because Jordy has to deal with him a lot. Yes, like, yes. Always screwing up. Damn it, Barkley. Yes, but he grows as a character, and he's allowed to do so because they, you know, they they can have more episodes of that. And they he's, took t- chances with characters on Next Generation for sure. He shows up in Deep Space Nine. Also, a little spoiler for you. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. So you're selling well, me on this because yeah. I ended up liking that guy. So. <laughs> yes, he shows up in Deep Space Nine. Uh... Well, you know O'Brien's in Deep Space Nine, right? Yes, so like yes, that I knew. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, because that was the one thing that when I was a kid, when I didn't watch it too much as a kid because obviously times and everything else, we don't have this lovely modern technology where we could just binge watch it. Right. I didn't watch a whole lot of Deep Space Nine as a kid, but what I um, I did watch the premiere. I do remember that, and it them starting off fighting the board ship was like absolutely mind blowing that because I think that's you have Klingons, you have Romulans um, from what I know you have the Cardassians, what are the blue, because they're an enterprise also 
oh, what are they? Begin with an A. They're blue. They got antennas. They move. Oh. Oh. Man, some Star Trek fans are going to really think we're stupid here. Yeah. We're so, just, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. We're just, we're just, we, we just can't think it off the top of our head. We, we love Star Trek. Okay. We're, we're sitting yeah. here talking yeah. about it. Yeah. Get off our back. Yeah. <laughs> Leave us alone. <laughs> Get off our backs and go get some KFC. <laughs> uh, but you have that, but I think the Borg stands out from every season. Even what Deep Space Nine's got a real, I can't, what were they called? I can't think of them for Deep Space Nine either, but the, it's, a, it's a cool enemy they have to fight. But the Borg seems to just always be the, the number one. If you, if the original if the original series you can hang your hat on Spock, next generation can hang their hat on the Borg. I, as I, as an iconic villain for sure, we're we're something where you like can sell somebody on, like yes, I got Joe. Well, the Borg was scary, that, man. That hates sci-fi. Was scary. Yeah, but, like okay, you're gonna be like, well, we have Spock, and I could be like, well. Check out these episodes with the Borg. Yeah, because they're scary, man. <laughs> Distance is futile. Yeah. Become Very scary. No emotion. They're just going to take you over type deal. Yeah. Become part of the collective. I always love, for some reason, I always kind of like that, how they all are just like in this cube of a ship. Because every other ship looks like a spaceship. Yeah. Yeah, even their ship's iconic. Yeah. They're in a cube. I had the micro machine of it. It was awesome. Uh, yes. <laughs> there's many battles. Uh, it, but it was just the cube. And then you get in there and they would all be like in a line. And you could, you could hide from them, but you couldn't hide from them. If they were looking for you, like you were going to get caught. Yeah. But you could kind of like hide in a way. And they, once one knew, they all knew you were there. Yeah. And that I think that's the scary aspect of it. Like any other villain, Vulcan death, you know, Vulcan death grip on the guy, or is it the death grip? It's just Vulcan grip, right? Yeah, it's just a, it's just a little Vulcan grip. Um, but oh. I think you're right. I would be very curious how Spock would have handled the Borg. Yeah, what do you I don't think he ever had to face him. So imagine if he became part of the Borg. Oh, oh man, I wouldn't want that at all. <laughs> Borg collective. <laughs> yeah, man. That would be nuts. That's an episode. Can we get? <laughs> Did you like? Uh, I never saw the newer, newer movies. The what is it? The Abrams timeline. I've seen those. Yes. Are they good? I like them a lot. Okay. Uh, I know they're kind of divisive. Uh, I thought they did a really good job of recasting these parts, and they and these actors do a really good job of getting the feeling of the original characters, but also kind of being their own thing. I don't feel like they're uh, like, I don't feel like they're doing impressions of their main characters, the original characters, which I'm grateful for. Cause if I felt they were doing impressions, I would have hated it. Uh, but, but they still keep in the same like aspects and personality of those original characters. And, you know, Chris Pine is an amazing Kirk, you know, Quinto is a great Spock. Um, Who's the guy who plays Bones? What's his name? Gosh, he's in everything. He was uh, the new Judge Dredd. What's his name? I've never even 
Yeah, one even I can't remember. <laughs> He's freaking great though. Uh, but yeah, I think all three of the movies are really, really good. I do recommend them, even if you, uh, even if you're kind of iffy on them, because they're uh, a lot more actions in these. I feel uh, they do a really good job. They're very much made for the times. <laughs> I guess okay. is the way I put it. Yeah, uh, but I really, really enjoy them. Yeah, a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of pew pews going on. And the final question I want to ask you, how do you feel about the Orville, if you've ever seen it? I've seen the first season. Okay. That's the Seth MacFarlane one, right? Yes. I like it. I need to go back and watch the rest of it. Uh, How many seasons are they at? Two or three? Two. Okay. So I haven't seen any of the new season or the newest season. Um, I knew just in interviews that he, like my father was a big Star Trek guy. He loves Star Trek. So I knew that going in that they wouldn't be really making fun of it, but it obviously has some humorous parts of it. I I kind of dug it as its own thing, honestly. I don't know what you feel, but I thought it was kind of its own thing. Sure. I mean, obviously it was heavily influenced by Star Trek. I mean, it's kind of obvious, uh, but I didn't feel like, it was a farce or anything of Star Trek. I thought like it was its own thing. Uh, unlike what's that Tim Allen movie? Uh, oh, Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest, which I freaking love, by the way. I love Galaxy Quest. That's a great movie. Still holds up. I'd watch it a million times. Such a fun, fun movie. Uh, but that was obviously heavily influenced by Star Trek, heavily, and to the point where I would say it's almost a parody of Star Trek. But I would not say that of Orville. I don't feel it is. I don't know what you think, but uh, I feel like it's just lovingly influenced by Star Trek more so, with more humor involved. That's the way I feel. Like it's, um, it has the thinking aspects. It has the story, but it's what anybody can watch it. Yeah, it's, it's Star Trek with training wheels. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's it, it, yes, yes, a hundred percent. I get that. I like that. Um, there's also, there's also a, there's an animated show that is about to have a season three, and it's called Final Space. Do not know if you've ever heard of it, but oh, it is obviously influenced by Star Trek, and it is freaking incredible. It is about to be put all all of the first two seasons are about to be put on HBO Max the first of next month. Uh, I will be binging those all over again. Uh, but Final Space is really amazing. I want everybody to check this show out. It is criminally, criminally underrated. I'm definitely going to have to check that out. Yeah, uh, the Conan, uh, Conan O'Brien's team helped put this out. So you're going to think it's just nothing but really stupid humor. And it has that in it, don't get me wrong. But, man, there's episodes that make me cry. It's so good. Legit tears. It's so good. It's emotionally investing. Uh, it's very, it has some very funny moments, but also you'll start pulling for these characters and that, like it's like they're Star Trek characters. And that's the one thing I want to end this on is both these series, both the original and Next Generation to me, just made these characters so lovable that you wanted to pull for them. Even when they were screwing up, you were like, man, you can do better than that. Like, why are you making, you know, like, uh, you know, Riker got offered multiple times on that show to get his own ship. Right, 
And part good. of me is like, he should do it because he's – I know he could be a good captain, but then I was also like, but I want him to stay here so I get to see him more. And that's because the character was done so well. Uh, you know, like it just I had to struggle with myself over one character, whether he goes or, you know, or stays. And that's, that's how you know that you're making endearing characters. And both these shows do that in spades, man. I, you know, Andrew, I think we're just lucky that we like Star Trek because we, we know what awesome characters are like, you know? Yes. 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 As I get older, I, I realize how great it is. And Riker is my guy. And I never wanted to believe. So I definitely know what you're talking about. I do remember the episode where there was two Rikers because of the transport. Yes. <laughs> so yes. there's always there's there's William and Thomas Riker who are the exact same person but different kind of uh, timelines. Yeah. Yeah. Involved in there, but that was. I definitely remember that. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. I. But other than that. If I'm going to sit down and watch Star Trek, I'm watching the next generation. I still See, that, that's the ultimate question, right? Yeah. If you had to choose which Star Trek to watch, which one gets the first uh, treatment? And I, it's the original for me. Uh, it's a close second would be the next generation. And I may change my mind after I watch Deep Space Nine. Who knows? Maybe that'll pop up in there instead. But it's – I, 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 I really love Voyager. I never watched Enterprise. Is that one good? I never saw it. It's very, it's like prequel. It's kind of like the, it's yeah. the prequel to Discovery. Like they just. It has Bacula, right? Yeah, he's, he's cool, but it's not. We see, I like him, but that's the quantum leap in me. Yeah. <laughs> I love quantum leaps. Yeah. I love quantum leaps. So that's, I've, I've maybe that's why I'm being persuaded. Um, how did I? How, it was good, but it does not live up to the first four series and the original series, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, or Voyager. Yeah, I really want to see Picard too. I really want to see Picard. I want to see Picard too. I, I need, yeah, I think I might have to sneak Paramount in there somewhere, Paramount Plus or something like that, and get, yeah, because they're about to release that. So I really want, I, I want to see Picard, but then I don't want to see Picard. As you get yes. I have this image of him. Uh, yeah. Matt, I heard it was very good, though. I heard it's really good. Matt talks about his friend who's a big Dan Marino fan. Yeah. And he doesn't want to meet Dan Marino because he doesn't want the image that he has. I get that, Marino. man. I and get I, it. Yeah. Picard gets Picard's older. I see him in the Uber Eats commercial, and I'm like, oh, come on. Hard. Like watching the Undertaker wrestle. <laughs> yes, yes, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Oh. And as we're getting older, these actors that we really like, who were older than us to start with, and we started liking them, are getting even older. And it's, and it's going to get more like that, you know. Uh, I get a little scared now with Tom Hanks, and I love Tom Hanks. Oh, that's my favorite actor, right there. Is Tom He's Hanks. my favorite actor as well. Oh. So we're going to we connect there, Andrew. I love that guy. And, uh, like, I don't want him to ever change, but he's going to get older too. You know, he's getting up there already. So it's, man, I know what you mean. Exactly. I'm still going to watch it when I get a chance though. Yeah. I've heard nothing but good things about Picard. Uh, I'm, I really want to see it. Okay. That, that they have, that is literally legit. This is how good next generation is. This is backing you up. That's the thing that makes me want to get that CBS thing is that is the Star Trek stuff and Picard in particular, but they're adding a lot of new Star Trek stuff too. I heard. 
Yeah, there's uh the lower decks, which is like a cartoon that's a comedy. I've not seen it, and then there's yeah. Discovery, but I've not heard too many great things about Discovery because once again they changed how the Klingons look. Yeah, like other than the original series, I can understand why they changed from the original series to Next Generation. Obviously, there's like a you know big time difference in what you could do in the '60s to where you, yeah what you yeah. could do in the late '80s, early '90s. But they changed the Klingons again. And a lot of people, a lot of Trekkies are a little up in arms about the change of the Klingons. And I saw them and they look blue. And it's not that, it doesn't look the same. But if I had time, I think I would just sit down and watch one episode of Discovery. Yeah, I haven't seen it, so I have no opinion of it. But yeah. Enterprise is very, very different because it's like, they're just up to warp, what, five in that? That's yeah. Like the big, huge thing is that they can go warp five. And uh, kind of conflicting on, like, the villains and that, too. It, it starts off with, like, these one people, and then all of a sudden goes to the next, and it doesn't really have a consistent, like, main main villain that they're constantly going, like, right. Like, when the original series the klingons the romulans next generation the romulans that's always a constant threat and i feel like it's kind of different with next generation okay all right i still i'll probably watch it at some point just with uh like it with enterprise yeah you you might it's just the lingo is different like they don't raise the shields they polarize the hull I'm like, I don't want to hear polarize the hall. I want to hear raise <laughs> like, the shield. Yeah, so, I want red so alert. Like some sort of sex, so some sort of sex act, does it? Yeah, <laughs> polarize the hall. Polarize the hall. I That's what she said. <laughs> but it, it kind of gives you a cool look into how they got to the point of the original series. But it's that, that's why I wanted to see it because I knew it was a prequel, and I would probably find it pretty fascinating. But and also like Bacula, like I said, Quantum Leap, but yeah, um, I don't know. I just haven't, haven't got around to watching it. That That's the one thing, too, that's really weird with me. I love Star Trek so much, but outside of the original and Next Generation and Voyager, uh, that's kind of where I, I haven't seen any others besides those. <laughs> I've seen, yeah, see, i got to start watching the original now, but I've seen all of Next Gen, all of Deep Space Nine, which... Deep Space Nine gets a, it's a lot of holodeck stuff too, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. And you learn more about the Ferengi culture than you do in the other ones. And yeah, because in Next Generation, they're more like a nuisance almost, right? It's kind of how they come off. Like a very yeah. selfish race, all, all only out for money, um, money, and just uh, personal gains and that type of thing. But uh, obviously, by the time Deep Space Nine comes around, they they've changed that a little bit, which is good. There's an episode. Okay, I'm going to give you a spoiler because I really like this one. Uh, well, if you've ever seen Next Generation, you know the Ferengi don't like their women to wear clothes, and yeah. there's one where the Ferengi goes back to the planet and his mother's wearing clothes, and it's like, oh my goodness, like outrage, and it's kind of cool <laughs> how they do that. So yeah. definitely, yeah, Deep Space Nine, definitely check it out. Deep Space Nine does some cool stuff on Earth as well. Yeah, I definitely I'm I plan to. So I, that maybe that'll be my next binge watch after the Muppets. All right. Is there anything you want to plug? 
Yeah, uh, check out my other shows in this network. Uh, Retro Bliss, talk about old school video games. My buddy Trevor, Retro Pop, which we referenced here. Uh, we talk about uh, different every episodes of different uh, topic in pop culture that we discuss the history of me and Matt. And then History Creeps, that's where me and Chris and Carter discuss just the weird, strange things that happen throughout our history. Thank you for coming on. Oh, and, and, and KFC. <laughs> Is that going to be a retro pop? That would be. I wouldn't guys, doubt it. <laughs> you guys have done what? Pizza Hut? We've done Pizza Hut and we've done McDonald's, I believe. Yeah. So, yeah. I think KFC, maybe Taco Bell are down the pipe. Oh, man. You never know with us. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You guys make, you. I got to say, you guys give the audience podcasts about things that nobody knew they needed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> for better or for worse. Yes. Totally right. I got yeah. I will give Retro Pop all the credit <laughs> in the world for that one. Oh man. You guys yeah, are I mean, as of this recording, we're about to record in a couple of days about the weather channel. So <laughs> you guys are like the Walmart of podcasts because you just go into your podcast and you're like, oh. I need that. I didn't think I needed this, but I'm going to turn them That's one thing I love about our show, though, is like we literally make it about anything. Like any episode can be about whatever we want. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but thanks for having me, Andrew. This has been a lot of fun. No problem. And everybody out there, make sure you check out those uh, podcasts. We're all on the BICBP radio network, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, check out. Uh, YouTube channel started posting videos again in there. Uh, that's where also you can see the two point conversation talk about Super Bowl season. And I try my hand at some uh, old video games. And if you want to hear reviews, like Johnny said about old video, old retro video games, check out Retro Bliss and go to the Facebook page for both Retro Bliss and Let's Talk But No Politics. Okay. As long along with Retro Pop and History Keeps. Make sure you like those pages so you can stay informed, get the latest episodes and everything else. And with that being said, good morning, good afternoon, and good night. (laughs) 